So if you're able to do that, it's going to put you in a very elite class of, of analytics teams. And I think it's going to position you really, really well, not only to provide the business with incredibly valuable insights, but ultimately take yourself into a role that is indispensable. We, we you know, we've talked about this a lot. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. There we go, and we're we're recording. So, so what's new? Not a lot. It was nice yesterday, but now it looks cool and rainy out there. It's been raining here all week. Yeah, I was seeing. Uh, I was following some of Randy's posts, and he mentioned something how there was a break in the rain, so he was going to try to do something with lacquer or spray mm-hmm. or something. So, yeah, it, it's supposed to not rain for a day or two, which is nice. Um, you know, for, for a while it was a string of nice sunny days. It was perfect because it coincided with the move. So we weren't fighting mm-hmm. the rain and getting stuff out. But since then the rain has come and it has not gone away. Well, it's spring, right? I guess that's yep. it's, it's time for rain. So yeah, well, I don't know. It makes me sleepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I got home late last night and then um, just, yeah, this this morning, like, I mean, it was sunny, it wasn't raining, but still, like, just the chilly spring weather, I just want to sleep. Yeah. I, yeah. I could have slept for another two hours. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll take a nap after we podcast. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I'm trying to think not? of, I'm trying to think of a good way to intro our topic, but just <laughs> nothing's coming to me. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. Uh, so my my eight year old dumped an entire drink out on his bed. Oh, why I don't know, but uh, it created quite the mess. So when his bed got made, it got it it, it started with like this, uh, you know, the plastic mattress protector going on. I'm like, all right, dude, if you're gonna spill drinks, like you're gonna have to sleep with this plasticky thing on. And he was uh, quite fascinated with that. And uh, he came down, he's like, so this protector, right, it, it protects against liquids getting into the into the bed, which is good. But we don't really know what liquids. Like, is it soda? Is it milk? We know it's not acid, and we know it's not lava. <laughs> so what <laughs> liquids are we talking about here? And I'm like, I don't know, but I don't want you up there testing it. <laughs> I mean, it's... He, his logic is not flawed. It's not. It's not. So, yeah, he's a, he's a funny one. And here comes the rain. Oh, yeah. Good little thunderstorm rolling through now. So Nice. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to pivot any of this into a, into a podcast. Yeah, so I think I'm just going to dive. <laughs> just dive, dive right, right in. in. 
So like last week we were we were talking about um, you know does your boss or does your stakeholder actually care about digital analytics or is it more of just like a, a hobby or a nice to do or or whatnot? So I want to continue that and. In this case, get get away from like the main stakeholder or, or whomever you're, you're you're doing the work for, and and focus on the individual themselves. So, like, how do you make sure that your efforts are tied to organizational goals um, versus getting sucked into just window dressing, doing stuff to check an item off a list, checking uh, doing stuff that just looks good but doesn't provide value? Like that, that's what I think of when I think of window dressing. Because let's face it, there is a fine line in in our space between valuable work and window dressing, because we all love to experiment. And actually, that, that, that does tie to what you were just talking about. <laughs> we all like to hypothesize and experiment and try different things, try new things. But and it could easily get disguised as stuff that's valuable. Yeah, isn't this really cool to do? Or isn't this really cool data to collect? Or isn't this really cool data to analyze? Um, but does it actually provide any any value? So um, how do you make sure that like, you know, things that you're doing don't fall into that category of nice to haves or experiments that don't actually provide any value? Because let's face it, we all like to do fun stuff, and sometimes the stuff that's valuable isn't always fun and the stuff that isn't valuable usually is fun. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is a, a very important conversation and lot, lots of different ways that we could go about, um, uh, addressing it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I would say you have, you have some ability at an individual level, but unless your, your organization is set up in such a way that it's tied to organizational goals, your your ability to influence that as an individual can be very, very difficult and frustrating. Um, and, and so I think, one, we, we need to make sure we have the right leadership in analytics teams to make sure that we're aligning with with organizational goals. And that will ultimately allow the team to to better align as well. But even even if that's not the case, I think that the number one thing that we talk with people about is having a natural curiosity about the business that you're supporting. And over, you know, a 20 year career, um, I have gotten over the shock value, the shock of hearing from analysts, from implementers, that they have no clue about why they're doing what they do. Uh, early in my career, I would be very, very shocked hearing that. But now it's just so commonplace. You know, you talk to an implementer and you say, well, why are you capturing this? Or why are you doing that this way or that way? I don't know. I was just told to do it. So I'm doing it. You know, you talk to an analyst and you say, well, what is it that your business does or is trying to do? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what? Well, then how, how are we aligning what we do to provide value to the organization and the goals? It's really difficult to do that. So that, to me, is the place that you have to start. If you don't have that natural curiosity and wonder about what your the business that you support does, it's very difficult to align. Um, that's So, yeah, that's where, that's where I think I would recommend people start. 
Well, I, I love the question um, when you, when it's asked, like, what's the purpose of your website? What What's it do? What's its primary role? And someone goes, I don't know. And, you know, it's an analyst. Well, I don't know. I don't know why we have a website. Yet you're supposed to be analyzing the data. You're supposed to be finding insights. And you don't know the main purpose of the website. Yeah. And, you know, this, this reminds me of a conversation I had when I worked client-side. Um the difference between our data science team and our digital analytics team, um, the the CEO at the time said something like, you know, these guys have no idea. They have no they have no understanding of our business from a business lens. Um, they're really really good at at modeling and and writing uh, functions and doing math and. And, and it's important because we feed this thing, this data in, this data comes out, it powers a lot of what we do. They're really, really good at what we do, but I can't go down there and ask them to sit down and strategize with me using data about the performance of our business. They just don't understand our business to do that. And that's what we're looking for our digital analytics team is to be you know, one foot in the sciency data world and one foot in the business world so we can make that connection that we've been missing. Um, <clears throat> yet so many analytics teams, regardless of what you call them, that gap remains to, to this day. It is like, okay, well, what are we analyzing? I don't know. Well, I'm analyzing how many people went from A to B and so, you know, I'm doing my job. Well, it's like, well, you're doing, I guess, the technical details of your job. But unless you understand what it is we're trying to do as a business, what our goals are, unless you have curiosity to learn more about our customers and how that applies to what we sell, then ultimately you're very, very limited in what you can do as an analyst, as an implementer. And so, you know, we get so kind of speaking of kind of chasing these things that are fun and exciting, we get so caught up in like buying new tools and collecting more data and trying new techniques and, you know, kind of flexing our muscles that we have this, this analytic toolkit with all these things that we can do yet. We're not spending a hundredth of the time and energy that we spend on those things in learning about business. And I think it's, it's unfortunate and I don't know how we fix it and I don't know how we got so far down this path, but at some point in time we decided that learning about how businesses operate in general and the businesses that we support specifically is important to what we do. We decided that wasn't important. You know, we just can, we'll look at the data, the data is going to be an independent voice and that is our job. And, and I think it's, it's unfortunate because I think it, it, it absolutely limits what our, what we can do in our role, whether we're an optimization strategist, whether we're an analyst, whether we're an implementer or a data architect, Ultimately, our value is limited if we're saying we're going to keep understanding business at an arm's distance from us. How often would you say you encounter situations where those that are supposed to be reporting on the business, looking for insights with data on the business, are actually incredibly disconnected from the business and why it exists and why why it has the customers it has most of the time really that often oh yeah yeah most of the time um do you, yeah i was gonna say like do, do you think it's one of these things where people just don't care and they're there just to just to check boxes no to clock and be done for the day no i don't think that's the case i think i think most people do care and want want to have an impact um 
but it may be they don't have well, it, it typically comes down to, to, to leadership. Um, you know, maybe the right leadership isn't play in place. Um, maybe they're not getting the right mentoring that this is important. And we're kind of spending time kind of going back to our topic. Are we creating window dressing? Maybe window dressing is not a fair term to describe it, but we're, we're just doing the work. We're, fo- we're so focused on the work. But no one's stepping in and saying, okay, well, the work is important, but also learning about our business is important. So, you know, someone from a leadership perspective isn't stepping in and having that conversation with so many teams that it just perpetuates it. So I think that lots of people, especially analysts, are curious. They, But oftentimes they're young. They don't know how to start. They don't know who to ask. They don't know where to go. Um, and so they feel incredibly stuck. And, and I think that that should be... For these organizations, it should be exciting because it doesn't take a lot to get them unstuck. It just takes someone coming in and saying, okay, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help guide you and, and teach you more about our business. And it's it's not like they have to convince them to be excited and curious about it. They already are. They just haven't been given the permission. They haven't been shown the way. They haven't been given access to information. Um, and so it makes it incredibly difficult unless you're uh, a rare surf self-starter that isn't uh, too concerned about just rocking the boat, which most people aren't. And so um, most people aren't 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 going to go in and <clears throat> push things around in order to find the information that that they need. So but to, to answer your question, no, I don't think it's that they're just trying to to do the work and they don't care. I think they do. They're just, you know, they're lacking, they're lacking the leadership needed to, to take their game to another level. Um, and, and really this is across roles, not just analytics. You know, we hire people into roles and we're like, okay, they're going to do really good. And they're, they don't need any additional training or mentoring. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO or you're a brand new hire on the help desk. We all need training and support constantly. Um, and so, but most organizations, like we don't have time for that. And, and unfortunately it limits the value that their employees are able to, to generate for, for the company. Um, I think another aspect of it is just simply overwork. Uh, we, we've talked about it so often, like these, these analytics teams are historically underfunded. Um, and you know, we go back to the Avinash 90, 10 rule. Um, you know, we've never gotten anywhere close, close to that. And so we have these two to three person analytics teams asked to do the work that really eight to 10 people teams should be taking on. And so when you're, when you're doing the job of two to three people, and then your boss comes in and says, Hey, I really want you to be curious and learn more about our business and go read. It's like, when, when do you want me to do that? (laughs) You know, like I literally have no time to do anything like that. Because that was actually a follow-up question I was going to have about that was like being curious about the business. Like, do you think it's something where curiosity is focused in the wrong areas? Um, Kind of leading people down the path to be curious or focused on things that don't actually provide value. And, And I could hear critics now talking about, well, every now and then you need to have something that doesn't necessarily provide value. Not everything you do has to provide value. You know, that's what Skunk Works is for and things like that. And I'm not talking about doing that, you know, from time to time. What what was really the crux of of this episode was a conversation you and I had about those in digital analytics often getting incredibly sidetracked. 
doing things that actually have no value the, most of the time, which then overall, you know, downplays the value that analytics could have for an organization. Yeah. And for me, for me, again, for me, I just think it comes back to leadership. Um, and, and typically when this happens, it's, it's not that the teams want to go off and just do stuff that doesn't have value. They're, they're doing things that feel approachable to them. That feels like they are solving a problem or they are, they are investing in something that creates value. The reason why it doesn't have the same level of value from the business's perspective is that I think often comes down to a lack of purpose. The, the why, you know, why does our analytics team exist? And, it, and if we don't have leadership in place that has a clear reasoning for why this team exists, then it, I, we're, I'm going to go back to this analogy we use all the time of the 1970s, 80s football game, you know, where you put the players on it, you turned it on and they shook off. Like that's, that's how we're operating. We, we, we have no shared sense of purpose or goal of what we're trying to do. And so when you look at it from a top down perspective, it looks like just all these people spinning around going off in opposite directions. However, if we have a sense of purpose, then a lot of these things that don't appear to have value, then all of a sudden do have value. You know, we're investigating new technologies. We're staying ahead on new technologies that the market is introducing. We're future-proofing our implementations. Uh, we're doing things that don't have immediate business value today, but are an investment in business value in the future. Like, all of these things become meaningful because we have a purpose, because we're trying to do X to support Y, uh, and, and and so for me, a lot of times that's why we, we get into these situations is, you know, you go talk to analytics teams like, well, why do you exist as a team? It's like, well, we report on stuff. Okay, well, that's not really a purpose. Like, what's our what's our purpose? You know, why why do we exist? Why why is the business happy that we exist? And I would challenge anyone in an analytics role listening to this podcast to ask seriously ask them themselves that question. You know, why is the business happy that we exist? And if we can't clearly articulate that, then one, maybe we haven't defined our own purpose or reason for existing. Or two, we're not living up to um, the promise that we can provide really meaningful value to the business in order to do, you know, fill in the blank. Why, why do we exist? And so without that kind of purpose, we default to doing tasks. We default to doing things that create and I want to be careful. I don't want to like undermine or undervalue it, but create the appearance of, of doing work. So if if we don't have a purpose, then, you know, building deployments, running tests, um, creating reports, building dashboards, all of those create the appearance that we're doing work because we're creating these tangible uh, outcomes of, of what we're doing. But but they may or not actually be solving anything that the business needs us to solve. Yeah, I mean, it, it is incredibly easy to, to fall into the trap of, you know, managing deployments, um, as, as you put it, deploying the, the latest tags. And, and it's, it fills time. And it's something that is very easy to say, I'm doing stuff. I'm doing stuff for the company. I'm, I'm completing work instead of, you know, providing, you know, showing something that has as value. I've checked something off a list instead. Yeah. And, and, and again, like all of those things could be very meaningful and have a lot of purpose, but because we don't have a reason why we're doing it, they often don't have the value that, that they should have. You and I 
talk the other day and I put a, a link on Slack, this concept of doing a little bit every day and then you look back over six months and you're like, whoa, we created this huge mountain of, of value of work. Um, but that only works if we have a purpose on why we're doing it. Otherwise, we just have this like field of like stuff we threw out everywhere and it doesn't pile up. And, and I think that that's the real difference. Like we can be doing all of these things, you know, we can be creating all these things. We can be doing fun things. We can be doing things for the business a little every day. And the major difference between it, do we end up six months, a year from now with this huge mountain of value or just this entire landscape of garbage all comes down to purpose. Are we aligning those actions to some future goal where they're stacking on top of each other and becoming better and better and better? Or are we just doing stuff to do stuff and we're just throwing garbage out into an empty field? It's a subtle difference, but it's a it's a difference that makes all the difference. Oh yeah, it's a very fine line between the two. Um, so if say you, if you, there's an individual or even a team that feels they're, they're adrift, what are some of the first things they could do to understand or uncover the purpose? You, you mentioned a moment ago of like, understanding why your analytics team exists. Um, if, if you do have a team that realizes, hey, we are just window dressing, we're just checking things off a list, we're producing reports that, you know, okay, people consume and are done with, we're not actually doing anything that improves the business. What are the first steps they can take to realizing, you know, de defining their purpose? If it was me, I would go sit with every other team in the company. I, I would want to see, like, where can the fruits of my work benefit this company? And if, if, if I don't have the ability to understand and empathize with other roles, see how they operate, how am I ever going to be able to create that? It, it's something that I did almost by accident when I first uh, started running an analytics organization client side is my first, I don't know, three or four weeks of the company, I didn't even think about you know, building an analytics implementation or dashboards or data, I literally put together a calendar and said, okay, these two days, I'm going to go sit in the call center, put on a headset all day long, just listen to calls. You know, next, next week, I'm going to go sit with the engineers. You know, the week after that, I'm going to go sit with the product managers and go to all their meetings. Um, and it was such an incredibly valuable use of my time because I could then sit and observe and learn more about their jobs and their roles and how data impacted or could impact what they were doing. And so then when I came back to my desk and said, okay, now what should my plan be for the data we need, how we're going to capture it, how we're going to output it, I now have all of these roles in mind thinking, ah, Okay, I remember when I was in the call center and da, da 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 if we did this, this would make that person's job so much easier. It would give them an opportunity to create such a better experience with our customers and was able to craft a much more meaningful analytics strategy because I had a much better understanding of how the people that would consume that data would use it. Otherwise, you know, I'm sitting in the basement kind of making assumptions or decisions saying, they're, they should use this data. And then they don't use it, and then I get frustrated. Wait, why aren't they using the data? It's like, because I'm forcing them to use something, and I have no clue how they would be using it. So if it was me, that's where I would start. And and you don't have to be day one in a new analytics role to do that. Like, if you've never done it, do it right now. Like, figure out the groups that you can sit with and literally go sit and observe, because you will learn so much 
and it will put you in such a better position to craft an analytic strategy that really helps answer people's questions rather than just force feeding them data and then being frustrated that they don't use your data, which is ha what happens a lot. Actually, I think that happens more times than not. Yeah. It's sure. the, th this is the data you're going to use. Yeah. I've actually seen it with an organization where someone came in and completely re-implemented it and told the, and didn't even consult the analysts and oh, just yeah. said, this is the, this is the data that you're going to use now. Yeah. And you, this is the data you're going to then send out to everybody. Yeah. These things can't happen in isolation. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, you bring up a good point just, just within the teams that we control, we force it into isolation. You know, how many, how many companies um, have their analysts as a separate role from their implementers where one inputs into another and they don't talk or collaborate? Um, this can't happen. You know, the analysts have to be a very active part of your implementation strategy because they're consuming the data. And if they're not helping inform what's being collected, we're missing a huge opportunity. And, and, and on the other side, it's, it's true as well. The implementer has to be part of the analysis. If, if the implementer doesn't understand and have hands-on experience with how the data that they're architecting is being used, how are they ever going to architect a solution that is going to best meet the needs of, of the analyst? They can't. And so even within our own group that we have control over, this kind of give and take relationship is missing in so many organizations. If, if that's a rarity, then expanding it out and going and understanding how different business units and people are operating is ultra, ultra rare. So if you're able to do that, it's going to put you in a very elite class of, of analytics teams. And I think it's going to position you really, really well, not only to provide the business with incredibly valuable insights, but ultimately take yourself into a role that is indispensable. We, we you know, we've talked about this a lot, <clears throat> that if we are able to do that, we aren't seeing analytics teams part of layoff rounds, not until the very end, because if you're able to do this right, analytics is ultra, ultra critical for what we're trying to solve for as a business. But but I mean, going back to kind of how we, we started this conversation, I think I, I don't believe that most analytics teams go out there and say, yeah, let's just create window dressing. Let's just create the appearance of work. Let's just work on fun stuff. That I don't think they go out there with that intent. I, I, I truly believe that the overwhelming majority of analytics teams have a true desire to have a meaningful impact on the businesses they support. But, and primarily due to lack of leadership, they're often not in a position to do that. And so the default kind of protecting our livelihood is, well, if we don't have that, then I, at least I need to create the appearance that Here's we're support. doing something good so I can protect my paycheck. Yeah. Um, okay. That, that's a fair point. Like, you bring up a really good one there that I didn't didn't think of or didn't consider. Is that it's just like with with the you know any kind of leadership vacuum, busyness, busy work will yeah. will fill the void. Absolutely. Yeah, and we have to remember, sadly, that most people in a corporate environment are in a place of fear. Most corporate environments are very very scary places to be. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, people do just, they want to get their job done. They want to get their paycheck so they can take care of their families. Um, and so we, we have to empathize that <clears throat> most people are in 
very scary environments in in a lot of these uh, companies. And it it can be easy for us on the outside to be critical saying, you know, why are you just like, you know, doing stuff that doesn't matter? It's easy for us to say that it's, it's, it's another thing to be on the inside and filling that leadership void, um, filling the fear of, well, you know, if, if the boss comes in and sees that I'm not creating all this output, am I going to get fired? Like that's, that's a very, very real fear that oftentimes leads to these, again, you know, are we tied to organizational goals or, or not? So I want to be really empathetic with how we, we position it, that it's easy for us to have that conversation. It's, it's a much different conversation when you're on the inside operating uh, out of a place of fear. <clears throat> with that said, if you can break that cycle and find a way to tie yourself to organizational goals, I mean, that ultimately is the biggest uh, insurance policy. You know, if, if, if you are truly supporting the business in such a way that they feel that they cannot operate without you, that should give you a massive, massive safety net. Yeah, and you made me realize something. God, it's been just about 10 years since I've worked for a major, major company. You know, the last 10 years I've been here and then one other stop prior to this and they were all small organizations and it's, yeah, you, you start to lose perspective um, of what it's like to work like in a large bureaucratic system where you can hide out for for a long period of time. You can hide out and just find busy work and still be promoted. It, it happens a lot, but you yeah. gotta <laughs> yeah you, you gotta be attuned to to playing that game in order to to make it work for sure. But yeah, yeah, it, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. So. Unfortunately, though, sometimes it, it gets out, it becomes out of your control. And again, I think we saw that at the start of the pandemic, you know, m- you know, maybe we skirted by and took the easy route for four or five years. But when a, pa- when a global pandemic comes along, and we're losing half our revenue, someone's going to go searching, and they're going to find where there's value and where there's not. And so, you know, yeah, you can play that game. But ultimately, it's out of your control. Um, because if if there comes a time where expenses need to be cut and it's not clear that you're you're generating value, well, you're going to get cut. That's just the cold reality of it. So you bring up a good question there. Um, digital analytics, for the most part, does not have a direct impact on revenue. Like it's, you know, let's take testing and optimization out of it. Analytics is not like a lever that you can pull and immediately see an increase in revenue. It's something that can help inform it, right? Um, What do you say to someone who is pushing someone in a digital analyst role to have direct impact on revenue? Does does that question make sense or... Yeah, it does. And it's something that I've wrestled with. And even in the optimization realm, I've wrestled with it for many, many years, because I think it's such a dangerous trap uh, to go down that path. um, In that if we're unable to tie directly to a positive revenue event, then our value is diminished. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I've seen lots of agencies position, Hey, let's do, let's really focus on optimization because it will be easier for us to sell our services because we drive revenue. Well, that puts you in a really precarious situation and almost maybe at times unethical position to change numbers, to influence results in order for you to appear 
like you're, you're influencing revenue. Our job isn't to influence revenue. Um, our job is to be an independent voice of the, of the customer through, through data. And if we're being evaluated based on how much revenue impact that we're directly tied to, it, it puts us in an ethical quandary where the results of our analysis and reporting could be very tainted because we are in a position to massage the numbers in order to make ourselves look good. And that's no place for, for us to be. And so I think it's a very, very dangerous path to go down. Well, isn't revenue value? No, revenue is a result. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I was trying to beat you into a into a question into something there. <laughs> no, like, yeah. and so you know, value for for us from an analytics perspective is that we're making the organization smarter. We're shortening the time period to understanding how our customers work. Uh, we're shortening the time period of creating of reducing friction points in our products. Um, we're, we're making the organization smarter. We're making our product managers smarter. We're creating, uh, we're creating more efficient and better customer experiences. That's value. And the result of doing all those things is increased revenue for the company. Absolutely. So okay. yeah, if our, if our goal was to drive value, we're, we're in the wrong, we're, or if our draw, if our goal was to, if our job was to drive revenue, we're in the wrong yeah. role. Because I could see, you know, like we were talking a moment ago about like corporate bureaucracy and, and bureaucrats, people only seeing revenue, uh, seeing value only in the form of revenue, direct revenue. And that's why I wanted to kind of go down that route a bit. Yeah, it's such a stupid conversation that old archaic companies use. Like you're a cost center, you're a profit center. Like this is stupid. We're, we're all supporting the main goal of the company. We're all creating value. If we all do our job right, then the outcome is revenue. And, and to make this distinction between you're a revenue center and a cost center is why so many organizations are just shitty organizations. You know, their, their purpose in those organizations is profit. And it's why their employees are miserable. It's why their customers are having poor experiences with them. And it's why ultimately they end up going out of business and crashing and burning uh, unless enough external money can be pumped into the system. Smart businesses look at every function that they're investing in the, in the business as value producing. If every function in the business isn't producing value, which then results in revenue, then why are we employing them? So from a from an analytics perspective, we need to get over this idea that we need to find get close to revenue. What does that mean? Like get close <laughs> to revenue. Like our our job is to fill in the blank. Like think about your purpose. Your job yeah. isn't to get close to revenue. Your job isn't to influence revenue. Your job is to what? Make your product manager smarter. Again, like decrease the time that it takes. Like right now it takes us six months to identify a friction point in our product. But with analytics, we've reduced that to two months. That's your job, right? That's your job and it's valuable. And when you do your job right, it results in increased revenue for the business. But yeah. yeah. Mission accomplished. I yeah. into that. <laughs> Fair enough. No, because I've heard that argument before. Like I've seen people where their quarterly goals are tied directly to revenue and they're not salespeople. They're not out there 
upselling customers, you know, the completing new bookings, gaining new leads and, and, and closing them. They're, they're in a role such as this. And it does, it, 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 it really makes you think like if revenue is the only value that they see. I mean, it's, it's, it's the value that lazy managers and leaders see. I think inspired leaders understand that their ability to teach and mentor their team, their, their ability to put their team in a position where they can provide insights, they can provide education, they can provide knowledge, they can provide, you know, fill in the blank. Those leaders know that tying what they do directly to revenue is a limiting strategy. Tying what their team can do to creating value for the company always results in increased revenue. And but so, but most lazy leaders are just unable to invest the time to do that. So they use a carrot and stick system where they say, you have to create more revenue or I'm going to whip you. So one, one more point on this thread, and then we'll start wrapping it up. So so it's safe to say that trying to find value in the form of revenue, you know, revenue gained by the organization is just as futile as not even looking for a purpose or, and just doing anything to fill the time. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all, it's all really aimless, rudderless, unless we have a purpose, like the term purpose is really the, the key takeaway here is, and it doesn't matter if we're an analytics organization or a product organization or a marketing organization, we have to understand what our purpose is, why we exist. And if we don't, we know it's a hundred percent proven fact that if we don't know what our purpose is, our default purpose, which is not a purpose, is to create revenue. And we know that when that's our purpose, that the outcomes are 99 times out of 100, incredibly negative for almost everyone involved in that scenario. And so as analytics organizations, we have to put in the hard work to understand what our purpose is. And our purpose has nothing to do with influencing revenue. Our purpose has everything to do with putting knowledge in people's hands in order to make better, more informed, smarter decisions that result in increased revenue. But each analytics team out there needs to go through that process themselves and figure out why do we exist. And I, and I guarantee you, if most people listening to this podcast are honest with themselves, most people would say, you know what, I have no idea. We've never even asked ourselves that question. So would you say this is, that's the motivator behind the majority of the sales emails you get? What's revenue? Yeah. Well, like they, they, I'm just trying to like also bait you into like, you know, oh, some dude, of the emails I'm, you get I'm on so, sales. I'm so, but, but yeah, I mean, all of these really like crappy, sloppy, lazy, yeah, all these emails. sloppy, lazy, crappy emails I get at least 10 a day. They're all coming from organizations that have no purpose. And because they have no purpose, their purpose by default is revenue. And as I just said, 99 times out of 100, that's going to create really crappy experiences. Just come look at my inbox and I will show you. I will show you a massive collection of organizations that just care about revenue, which means they're going to send me shitty, lazy emails. If they had a purpose, they would never send me an email like that. Um, one more thing. So like th this whole thread, um, 
you know, starting off with the question about like, are your efforts tied to organizational goals? Or are you just window dressing all the way through purpose and, you know, finding your team's purpose, your individual purpose in an organization? How does that all tie to the concept of sustainable analytics? Well, if we don't know what we're building, how are we ever going to build something that that sustain? I mean, think about like you have your bucket full of Legos and you set out to build something, but you have no purpose or direction on what you're trying to build. It's right? just going to be a hodgepodge. It's going to be this hodgepodge of stuff stuck together. It's like, oh, this will be cool. This will be cool. And then it falls over, right? Yeah. Like if we don't have a purpose or a vision for what we're trying to create, if we create something that sustains, it is by pure luck. You know, the only way to create something that is going to be stable and sustainable is to have a purpose and a direction and a reason for why we're doing what we do. And we have to always frame that in, in these conversations. And it's, Again, it, it comes back to purpose. If we don't have a purpose as a team, if we don't have a purpose behind our role, then it's really hard to have a purpose for why we're doing this implementation. And so we have to start there. We have to be honest with ourselves and clear why do we exist. And if we don't know, then let's put in the, the freaking hard work to figure it out because it's going to influence everything that we do. Very well said. So... Um... I don't have much much to add add to that. So, um, yeah, definitely a meandering conversation today. But I like how we came back to to really about purpose and making sure you find your purpose. And you had some really good uh, uh, tips on how to make sure you know what your purpose is. Yeah, it was a good one. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully people stuck with us through this one and. Uh, again, the, I think the takeaway is, is just ask yourself that question and it's okay to say, I don't know. We don't know. Um, and if the, if you don't, and if you don't have an answer to it, then no better day than today to start thinking about it and putting that in place for your team. I, I guarantee you it will make a monumental difference in, in everything that you do. Yeah. And to your point, um, the next time the next big economic hit comes if you have a purpose with an organization you won't be on the front lines of layoffs no you may not survive the whole thing but i guarantee you you won't go first mm -hmm. that's for sure yeah that's cool sure. let's go ahead and wrap up there for this week um thank you much and we'll talk to everybody later see ya see ya Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.